There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Beast Tactical Podcast, where we try to get under the bonnet of all things tactical and statistical at Brentford. I'm David Anderson, your host for today, and ahead of the match against Birmingham on Tuesday night. Uh, we're continuing with this little change of gear, but this time I have an ally on board. Uh, Jordan Weimer, aka Watford Analytics, is going to join me to chat Birmingham. Um, a little bit around Watford have just uh, dropped points today and um, the wider running in general. Um, Jordan, hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, excellent, man. Thanks for having me. No probs, no probs. No, thanks for um, jumping on board. It's um, Yeah, it's great. Uh, so I've done I've done one of these previously, just chatting through the opposition a little bit about what we can look, off, uh, look out for and um, basically some positives and negatives going into games. But it's good to get uh, your view also because you've played Birmingham recently from a Watford perspective and um, just opening it up a little bit on the on the wider running as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a good opportunity to do so. Um, it's definitely hot and up, isn't it, in that final kind of running now, especially between us two and possibly Swansea in there. But I think Birmingham are kind of one of those teams that can they can be quite tricky. So you kind of look at these fixtures coming up and, you do pick up Birmingham as one to kind of look a little bit deeper into it and try and figure out what's going to go on there, really. Yeah, it's a tough game. I, th- I think it's a tough game coming up against Birmingham anyway, but even more so with a change of manager. But yeah, what we're going to do is just um, just explore Birmingham a little bit, not too much in depth. I think um, uh, just look about some obvious things. Like they've had a recent manager change. Maybe look at some of their shapes that we're going to expect um, them to come up against for Brentford. Um, where they might be weak and where they're probably going to be quite strong. And then um, basically this is another must win for Brentford. There's no more excuses, especially as Watford will drop points. So we'll then move it probably out to Watford and uh, a little bit about what they're looking like into um, the run-in and also Brentford playing them later in the... I think it's in a couple of weeks' time. We've got Watford in a bit of a showdown, which might be closer than we were expecting, but we'll see. Okay, Jordan, you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so Birmingham, um, Tuesday night, uh, 7.30, it's a home game for Brentford. Um, I guess um, starting these games, I'll just go back to the previous match. Uh, not too much in depth on that one, but um, Birmingham have got a bit of a hoodoo over Brentford now. This um, this point about uh, them not having any shots and then just low probability matches and them coming out on top, I think... Um, 
like 15,000 to one. Some of the numbers that have been banded around with this uh, this um, Pedersen-like header from the edge of the box, which went in to beat us 1-0, and then we have so many shots afterwards. Um, the last game was not quite to that extent, but Birmingham beat us 1-0 at... Um, uh, at home on the sorry away at this is at St Andrews sorry on the first game of the season um, low on the shot count again as well and we generate just m- m- like so many shots trying to get back into the game but just can't and then they win 1-0 again so it's this it's this sort of deep shelling team that tries to tries to sort of block Brentford out but it's not really the entire story I think um, the game uh, in the early part of the season was a little bit more adventurous than people probably give Birmingham credit for they're they generated, I think, around one expected goal after Bella scored his opener on about 35 minutes, I think it was 37 minutes from a corner. And um, I, I think they just managed Brentford for the rest of the match. It wasn't it wasn't like an onslaught. So I think what happens when you're when you're a goal down, you tend to tend to rack up the shots against trying to get back into the game. And they they control Brentford quite well. There was a couple of big moments which probably should have gone in. Um, but that that tends to happen if you're defending deep that long. You're you're going to concede big chances. So, it was a poor um, start for Brentford uh, of the season, a one nil loss. And um, as everyone thinking, here we go again. This is just repeating itself. But um, it, yeah, it was it was a poor start to the season. But you have to move on. And luckily, Brentford won the next game, so it's forgotten about fairly quickly. Um, so Tuesday night, let's move into this one. Um, it's a completely well. I say I was going to say completely different team. I don't think that's the case. I think it's uh, it's a different team in impetus because Karanka is no longer the manager. Um, Isaac Karanka had been at Birmingham for a while, and I think he was employed to just turn this into some kind of super defensive team, which controlled games and then won one nil or kind of two nil, similar to what Swansea have done for most of this season. But it hasn't been happening. They've been he's he's sort of delivered a defensive formation and this attritional game without the without the defensive quality and then not doing anything at the other end and they're really close to getting relegated I think they'd probably be benefit from two other teams that are, or three other teams that might just be worse than them but they're, they're in a fight and um, in the end the plug had to be pulled and I think it was the right decision because Karanka just wasn't delivering and um, the change was made and it was um, about a month ago now I think Boya came in he's had three games in charge and we've seen quite a lift um started off with Reading which was a, just a vastly improved performance I think this just immediately you can see a better intensity about the team um, better aptitude just faster on the ball just a little bit more just just basically what you get when you when you bring in a new coach um, and Reading are quite a predictable team in that their shape is quite obvious so I think Birmingham had a nice start there they controlled them and then played the game on their terms and um, came out 2-1 winners um, the next game which I'll bring Jordan in for was a defeat to Watford. Now this um, probably shook Bowie a little bit, but I, I guess it's a free hit in a sense. Um, they ended up losing 3-0 away. Um, the shape they picked that day was a 4-4-2, and it's going to probably be interesting to see because I think that was the last time we saw 4-4-2 played. I think um, Bowie quickly shifted. And I, I don't know, going into, into a midfield against Watford with just... Raheem Harper and um, Gary Gardner as your central pair was probably not wide. I think he, the intensity, the intense game that he wanted, the direct play, just moving it out of the middle, didn't work, and Watford controlled the game. But I'll bring you in, Jordan, here for that second game. Were you? What did you? What stood out for you with Birmingham? I know you did a bit of research into them as well. Were you? Were you? Did you just blow them away? Or was it? Was it just too early for um, Bowyer to stamp his authority on the game? 
No, I wouldn't say we we did blow them away in, in some respects. Obviously, if it's three nil, the scoreline is quite flattering. I, I thought we were good that night. Um, I thought, but I thought Birmingham perhaps weren't quite quite as aggressive as I thought they might be. Uh, having watched that that game at home, they played against uh, against Reading and came away with the victory. So much of that came from a quick, aggressive start. They were, they were direct, but they were very positive. Um, Halilovic from the right hand side was putting a lot of balls in from from that right on his left foot, and he was being you know very aggressive, and it was working quite well for them. Uh, I kind of actually feared Birmingham coming and playing with that level of freedom at Rickridge Road, but. Instead, they kind of had a little bit more cautious, and I think they showed us a bit too much respect at times. They had some chances um, that they could have definitely, they could have definitely had more of an impact in the game in front of goal. But they they did have some good chances; they just weren't able to take. So three 0 in the end was yeah again a little bit flattering. Um, but I think they just gave us too much too much respect, uh, and that four four two shape it it didn't lend themselves the opportunity to dominate that midfield of course I think they were quite happy to to avoid that midfield in general those those two in there were really just there to kind of keep that ball forwards if possible but they ended up doing more defending than they were actually dominating the uh, the pitch and trying to look to play forwards so it's an interesting one I think they've got the, the personnel in there to, to be quite effective it's just a case of whether they approach the game in that manner because for me they're a much better team when they're on the front foot than when they they try and contain uh, in terms of coming away with the victory I don't think they're I don't think they're a team that really can afford to try and gamble off those low probability chances where they're trying to get those one nils. I don't think they've quite got the quality up front in terms of finishing. I know Jukovic is obviously a dominant player in, in the box and he can be a real threat. But if you're looking to break, it, it, it's a difficult one for them to come away with those those goals in, in those fine margin games. And against us, things could have been different if they'd have got that, that chance and, and taken it, but they didn't quite come away with it. Mm, yeah, I, I know what you mean about Djokovic. You don't feel like um, if things are coming, yeah, you don't feel like that quality effort is going to go on goal. It's it's more that where he's out muscling his defender, or he's just nicking in front, mm. or something something's just being leveraged towards goal, and and it's like a half chance converted into a slightly greater chance just because it's close enough to him. But but Hogan's the one who's a little bit more interesting in that regard. I think um, Hogan should be in a, if it, uh, maybe in a different team. I, I'm not sure this is the team that suits him best because. Of the he he does have that ability, but again, the the type of chances he needs are probably not being created by by Birmingham. Do you, you kind of know where I'm getting at with that a little bit? Yeah, hundred percent. I think something that we did particularly well in that game was we kept our line quite high. Um, our pace at the back isn't too bad. I think we felt quite comfortable that we could keep up in them one-on-one situations and then one-on-one battles with our defenders against their forwards. And if it came down to a foot race, I think we were, we were pretty confident there. So we were able to kind of keep Jukovic higher up the pitch and it really kind of nullifies him. It's not where he wants to be. And Birmingham tried to play quite direct um, and try and get that ball forward quite early. But if we have got that high line, it just makes it much more difficult. At later stages of the game, they actually did try to play a little bit. And I, I thought they, they did better, actually. I wasn't expecting to see them kind of keeping that ball down and, and having that interplay. But then again, I mean, it does make sense. I think if you look at St. Andrew's pitch, it's a really, really tough pitch to play football on. So it's kind of a, a pragmatic approach from them. But I, I think they... I think they've got to look for a way to try and incorporate that attacking football away from home, especially when playing against uh, the, the kind of teams at the top end of the table like ourselves and, and Brentford. I think they've got to try and look for a, a different way to play. I think maybe it's not quite as effective against uh, the likes of us. And maybe that's what they're kind of seeing that three at the back system coming in now. Mm. Yeah, that's a good um, good segue on to the to the next match and um, the changes. I think, yeah, the, the four four two got kind of overrun and it, was, it, it wasn't giving them the... 
the defensive maybe maybe the defensive base that they wanted and then because Hogan and Djokovic weren't pressing well enough on their own they weren't enough, they weren't able to disrupt high enough and then you're just leaving this gap and Halilovic came in in quite inside a lot didn't he he wasn't actually offering Colin much outside if I remember it was it, it was that that side of the wing didn't feel like it was protected so I guess from Boyer's perspective, he'd seen enough. Like he he's played a four four two system for Charlton quite a while, like his diamond, and it worked in a completely different way to what he's seeing from Birmingham. And there probably is a little bit of his old, probably the old team maybe getting out there and trying to do something, and a little bit of impetus from him. But the shape wasn't quite right, and it didn't match into what I'd seen previously when he does play a four four two. It felt like a Karanka. Birmingham shape and mm. not quite doing what Bowie is supposed to do and I think he'd just seen enough so the next I mean conceding to three to Watford isn't um, yeah it's not the end of the world I think they're probably the games the odds beforehand will be looking at a 2-0 3-0 3-1 kind of scoreline but mm. moving on to Swansea I think we see a bit of a change and this is where I, I reckon he came into his own a little bit like uh, we and as I go back to Charlton. We saw this with Charlton as well. Like he was, he's not afraid to play in, uh, change systems like game to game. The, this three five two or f- or four four two. Obviously, some of the principles are similar, like the intensity. But he's happy to block that off and just have that wing back system if it means um, if if that's what the opponent dictates. Like he's a real adaptive manager, Bo. And I think um, if they do stay up, you, I wouldn't be surprised to see him push them up the table next year. But Swansea came up, and we know we know all about Swansea now. It's just this stodgy three-five-two themselves. Um, are you and Low in the front line? Midfield is. I, th- I don't think there were many changes. I think it's Corey Smith, Fulton, and Grimes. It's been that for ages now. I think Hurahan's come in for a little bit, but I'm not sure if he's dropped off injured now. I'm not up to date on Hurahan. I think he's got a little niggle. I'm not sure. Maybe being rested. I believe um, he's playing today. Oh, is he back in to see? Okay, so he's back in. He's back in the fold. Okay, so that's yeah. That's there's not much rotation, but he is the fourth midfielder. They're moving around, and that that th- midfield three and. Um, I think Bowie just thought let's go and match them up himself. Like he he's he saw the the four four two get overrun. He probably thought let's keep this game tight and we can nick this one nil. So he moved to a back threes. Pedersen moved inside a little bit. Roberts and Dean obviously still central and right centre backs. Um, Colin was given a bit of freedom on the right wing back role and Seddon on the left. And I, I guess for the midfielders' perspectives, um, Gary Gardner and Sunjic are. They can play if you give them a little bit of time, and they're not they're not afraid to to play. I think it's just earning the right. And then Halilovic was brought inside, and you've got a bit of a three there, which can compete against just because of numerical numbers. That they're good enough playing short, and they'll work hard enough out of the ball. And um, against a team like Swansea, who aren't going to be a front foot team, they're going to wait and try and build. I, I think they did really really well and imposed themselves on the game. Another player that played really well for Birmingham not surprisingly is uh, Jonathan Lecco who's worked with Boya for years before um he was given the role up front uh, next to Djokovic and uh, I think he did really well actually disrupting Swansea's back line like just ran the channels well um a really clever player and I know Boya likes him but some of the movement we saw um against Swansea and why I think uh, they ended up coming out on top is because Halilovic was given um that that sort of midfield role. I think Conor Gallagher played it really well for Charlton. It's where the central midfielder can... So Leko and Djokovic, out of possession, can move wide left and right and then Halilovic can push on and sometimes he can be the furthest forward out of possession just trying to disrupt um, Swansea building up or he can just sit back and flit in and just move back into a three. So the central areas are covered. I think the wing-backs give them a good... Um, 
a good um, positioning to compete with Bidwell or Roberts or anyone coming down that flank. And Swansea aren't really peeling their forwards out wide. That Once the ball goes out wide, you don't feel like it's, it's hard for them to progress further because nobody else is joining in with them. The wing-backs are kind of isolated out there. And then you, you're looking at where's this going. And in the end, it goes back in midfield and then probably depth again instead of it going forward. And they're quite easy to contain. And it's... It's it's just not it's not impressive. This isn't a good progressive team, and Bowyer definitely saw that they were there to be got at, and um, in the end, he did. Um, are, are you surprised that are you surprised that he got a number over Swansea, Jordan? Not at all, actually. No, I think um, I think you might look at the the team sheets and see a little bit more quality in Swansea, but in terms of actual output and performance, I don't see them um, far off from each other in in terms of overall team quality and performance levels. Looking at Bowyer's recent games and then looking at Swansea you might even kind of fancy Birmingham in this one personally I, I did actually kind of fancy Birmingham in this one um, especially when you kind of look at the shape that's kind of started to adapt at at Birmingham um, I think you, you touched on there that that front three were really good Leko caused him a lot of problems and uh, Halilovic as well he, he he causes a lot of issues for a back line I think especially when you're when you're playing against a back three I think it's really important to to have that versatility and have that that player that can that can push on and and make make it awkward for the, the back three as, as, a, as a defensive unit. I think one of the issues we've definitely faced when we play back three from a Watford perspective is when you allow your centre forward or your striker to get too occupied with that front three and just get bottled up too early. Um, I think having that ability to to put the pressure on via Jukovic and Leko, but then also have that runner in Halilovic kind of gave them something else to worry about. And it, it worked really well for them. Um, I think they're not the... Maybe in midfield they, they can struggle a little bit to kind of dominate that ball, but once they kind of get into them forward areas, I think they're actually quite good at, at causing trouble. Yeah, once it goes forward, I, th- I think it, I think it sticks, and I think Djokovic especially is good enough to hold it up and just wait for someone to come close enough to bring into play, and then the the back five. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Bowie persevere with this because Colin is um, Brentford fans will know him well. He's Number he's been at Birmingham for a few years now, but we had a good season with him. Where as a right back going forwards, he's he's not the quickest, but he's deceptively quick. Like that first touch is out of his feet, and he can he can move forward, and then he'll look to he'll look to swing it across if there's no, if he's not blocked down. So an attacking outlet when you've got the pivot of Djokovic and then Leko, the fear and behind um, th- that wing's quite dangerous. Um, and I think they did that well. Bidwell had to block a number of crosses. Um, and in the end, I mean, he was probably doing more defending than he was attacking. If That's how I sometimes watch these matches. I just take notes of some of these players and just look at like, what's he actually doing in this game. And he spends most of it making many more defensive contributions than crosses. I mean, he did put a few crosses in, but I think he was, I think he was more than occupied. And um, yeah, it's it, it wasn't. I wouldn't look at that from Swansea perspective and think it was a, they were they were unjust that, that they lost that. I think it was a deserved win, and um, we have to remember as well that Woodman saved a penalty before the final penalty went in. So of course, yeah, um, this isn't yeah this isn't a team to be taken lightly. I think with Bowyer in charge now, just a um, just a just a much more aggressive manager. Like um, he's he's happy enough mm-hmm. to to um, accept when he his team might have a few deficiencies like technical deficiencies against another team but he's good enough to say that he's good enough to basically negate those and say that if you can have that but am I going to let you play in the centre no Are you, when you get it out wide I'm going to bring Pedersen and Seddon out there to block you off and then I'm going to make one of my midfielders come over as well so um, from a Brentford perspective um, we, we kind of know what we're coming up against here and um, we'll be looking 
We were looking for our wide players. Um, again, Justice Silva's still out injured. Um, Rico Henry as well. Like like our players, that the real thrust behind our team won't be featured. So it's going to be really won't be featuring. Sorry, it's going to be really important that um, that when we are moving the ball wide, that if we are trying to get those rotations, we, we the players coming in now have to. We we can't kind of sit in that four three three that we did for much of the game against um, uh, Huddersfield. It, we have to try and replicate some of the rotations that we get with our better players, with these with these sort of weaker or inferior players, because otherwise we're we're just not going to do anything against um, Birmingham's shape. Um, do, you, do you know what I'm getting at, kind of, there, Jordan? I don't know how much of the Brentford you've seen recently, but um... yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely tried to keep up with Brentford, especially because of how close everything's you know getting in that that fight for the top two and I like to keep an eye on you guys and I've been watching your games just to try and keep up with everything and yeah I, I think you you lack I think that that thrust is is an accurate way of describing it um it, it's difficult to compensate for the loss of two players that are that important mm. I think maybe if you're looking at Birmingham it's possible that maybe by a will act a little bit differently than he did against Watford in, in terms of being a little bit too maybe respectful and, and not being quite as quite as offensively minded, maybe a little bit slower to kind of push his players on. I think against Brentford, if he was to do that again, I think it would be detrimental to his team. I do think they're a much better team when they're on the front foot. So it's possible that your league position might play into your hands a little bit there. He he might be a little bit more cautious and with their current situation, it may be a case of him him feeling that he wants to be a little bit more pragmatic and would be happy to come away with a, a point over fighting for the three and risking exposing himself to what can still be a dangerous front line in in terms of Brentford. Whilst he haven't been perhaps as productive from some of the some of the wide areas as he'd like to be, I think there's still that threat there that has to be respected. So it will be interesting to see. I don't think he'll be quite as I don't think he'll be quite as free um, with his team as, as he was against Swansea. I think that's definitely one that's more for the taking, despite how close we all are in the league. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's going to be, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it how it looks on on the day and if he continues with that three at the back. I think as we were saying just before we started recording, that three at the back is somewhat of a problem for Brentford. It has been all season, um, but there is still a chance that he does go back to that four four two. I wouldn't rule it out completely because there are some benefits to them, especially if they are trying to sit a little bit deeper. But when they have that quick transition, they might feel a little bit more comfortable in that four. Um, but yeah, it remains to be seen. Yeah, it's probably it's really interesting. I think. Um, we- the ma- the main point about this, I reckon, this coming into this is what shape um, Boya does go with, and then um, how much he's paid attention to basically the struggles that Brentford had across the last three games. They've all been against teams playing three five two or three four three, and um, how much Brentford has struggled throughout the season against those teams as well. And Swansea themselves have stifled Brentford playing this formation. So we know that these teams coming into these games will look at maybe through the last three games, they'll look at the previous game that we played against each other and then maybe extend that out a little bit, like home and away, which isn't so important um, at the moment. But I, I'd i be surprised if he didn't persevere with the 3-5-2 simply because of how effective it's just been and it's so fresh that it's, um, that it's positive. And I, I think yeah. um, he'll know that I think they'll be well aware of some of the Brentford struggles out wide and um, maybe it's a good time to move into that. Um, so Sergi Canos and uh, Brian and Bummo have been uh, the two wide players supporting Tony and 
it's it's been a difficult period for both of them. I think if you look at the season, it can't be viewed as anything other than really disappointing. I think a, maybe a 10, 15% increase in productivity from either of them would see Brentford much closer to the to the first and second spots. Like That's what we're talking about. We're just talking about these tiny incremental in, improvements in performance and the team would be just performing much better. But Tony's taken up a lot of the flack on his own. Um, and um, the so just looking at yeah so move back to this 532 which i i'm not convinced but i think Boya will go that way um we saw against huddersfield and we've seen against other teams that um the two wide forwards they'll they'll come inside and look for the ball and then because de silva isn't here and we don't have henry overlapping on the left and dalsgaard was missing in the previous game we're not getting that overlap from the the fullback areas to provide the width and then the, ro- the rotations they're trying to perform basically aren't working because the team isn't re- in real synchronization. Like the back four is very static, and the fullbacks are only leaving that area when they absolutely have to. So we're kind of not doing enough to pull these teams out of out of position or, or disrupt them enough to make um to make them basically make errors or just be sucked into into areas where they don't want to be. So it's very hard to unsettle. And I think Huddersfield some have described that as Brentford were unlucky I mean that's the that's probably the club line like Huddersfield would Huddersfield have one good shot but they created a really big chance and Brentford maybe could have had a couple of penalties but I wasn't impressed with what I saw I think um, it looked very laboured and I, I didn't see enough from the team as a whole to um, to win the game um, 1-1 felt fair to me I mean there was a couple of penalty calls and ref indecision and could have gone each way but when you're when you're kind of clutching at those things I think without saying it, everyone's aware that mm, yeah we probably didn't do enough um what's um have you have you got anything on that Jordan like just about the shape and Brentford's 4-3-3 and whether it's whether it is whether whether they're performing well enough basically to to pull open this um this Birmingham potential team I think personally if just looking at, at Brentford I would like to see I'd like to see you guys maybe adapt a little bit more to your opponent. I know you've got a very set way of playing. It's been successful, you know, over the recent years. It's, it's, it's you've done very well with it. But I do think there's room to adapt, and I don't I don't know how much this has been discussed within the Brentford kind of fan community itself. But I'd imagine that a change of shape has been something that's called for somewhat. Um, I think, especially with that that front three, as you're saying, them wide the wide men not performing perhaps at the level you need them to. It's a little bit surprising to me. You're not, we're not seeing a little bit of a, a change in shape from yourselves to try and try and hurt the oppositions in different ways and give them some different problems. Um, even a, a switch to a, to a diamond or, or something similar, just to kind of give you that that extra help in midfield and allow you to progress the ball in a little bit of a different way and maybe bring Tony into play in a slightly different play too, um, and maybe compensate for some of that lack of execution or production from them wide men. So that's maybe something I'll be looking at myself. I'm sure, as I said, it's been discussed by you guys. Mm. Um, but it seems something that Frank's not too willing to do and that it's kind of trusting the process and sticking to that and trying to find a way of fitting the players in despite the fact that right now you haven't quite got that top end of personnel that you'd like to have in there and it's definitely hampering your system. And you, you're, not, you're kind of having to fit players in which are playing on need and necessity rather than on merit mm. right now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really good points. I think um, it has been discussed. It's coming to the fore, I think, in the fan base. I think everyone's kind of realizing it now that um, there's um, 
there needs to be more variety in this team and I think it's it's fallen into a bit of predictability that um, everyone's watching these games on TV now. Everyone's seeing every minute. I mean, a lot of the fan base would miss large chunks of the games and in stadiums you can't really work out what shape teams are playing. You're, you're always, you're sometimes on the back foot and yeah. you're, you talk about stuff anecdotally, but... I think the improvement in everyone watching and analysing these games has gone up like tenfold over the last year because of how much people mm. are, we're just sitting at home watching them. So you can you can see the weaknesses in teams and you can see the good bits and everyone's turning into um, better analysts than they would have before. And you're you're right to bring it up. I think the the cry is like if this four three three isn't working, what's the alternative? And throughout the season we have seen a slight deviation away from it, but it's been. It's been quite poor. So I think in September time, Brentford hired a tactical statistician. It was the the job was put out, and um, uh, it was my my view on why it was brought in is because Frank has his principles and his way of playing, and he'll, he'll have the four three three system, and then the the other system we've seen is a three four three. It's it's three centre backs, two wing backs, and then still keeping two inside forwards and one central forward. But you just move to two midfielders, two central midfielders, and you just expect a little bit of the ball progression from that that middle central mid, um, defender. And sometimes he can step forward. But we were we were playing it, and it was just incredibly stodgy. Like we weren't, we don't really have the the impetus or the or the drive from the left or right centre backs. Dalsgaard provided it slightly, but mm. you, when you play that formation, you need if you're a build up team, if you if you do want to spend a lot of time in that phase, you you have to have one of your left or right centre backs willing to commit and just break forward. And we were struggling with that area. So the ball was just being recycled in that U, in a deep U shape, not really progressing from our own third. And when it did go into the middle third, um, we were just outmatched. And most teams are playing three central midfielders. So you you come into this trap where you're going in field and you've just got one other option from that central midfielder. And it's quite hard to find the wing back in space. And for a t- for us, I mean, 4-3-3 is the best formation. It suited Rico Henry. It suited Justice Silva. The, these players are the, the formation suits them but when you don't have those players now and you're looking around and you're thinking what what are we doing here are we playing this because these are Frank's principles this is how he wants to play or is this the best way to get the best out of this team and you you mentioned it well I think we've seen um you, you sort of alluded to it well we we have seen a bit of a change there's a, a 4-4-2 which we've seen where force comes in and plays next to Tony and I'm I'm not I don't think that's very good either. I think a lot of the issues still remain, and we become very direct. Something we have seen a lot of this season, where the ball is fired into into Tony, he chests it down or controls, and then tries to build up off someone from there. But it's 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 quite hopeful, and it reminds me a little bit of what you'd have seen with um, Troy Deeney at Watford, where you're just you're using someone's physicality, and uh, you're hoping that they can bring it down and. And then the midfielders have time to join in with him, connect, and then move the ball out wide. And it's, 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 it's more percent. Like you, to me, that's. Um, I think there's a time and a place for that. And I think if you are playing against a midfield that is um, overpowering you, or you just want to break a bit of pressure, or you want to get beyond that, then it's great. But if that's your main way to get the ball forward, you can see that it's a it's a big deficiency, and it's not going to produce many goals, and you're, you're going to find yourself being outshot. So. I'm, I'm, I'd expect, and I, I'm surprised we don't have a better secondary system here by now, 
it's definitely something to hold the guys to account for at the end of the season when you're trying to analyze the season because where what's um what's the status the tactical statistician doing like what are they suggesting and is it not being adopted and and where like where is um where's the way forward here like what's the what's the point in this role or or is it just that the suggestions aren't good enough and there's an acceptance across the board that this is the best way to play but the other point around that I'll I'll get you in in a two secs but the other point is um uh, we've got another player as well, um, Tariq Fosu. So he is, he played under, I think he's actually played under both. I know he didn't actually, he was at Charlton before. I think he was there. I'm not sure on the timings of that one, but he's a player that a lot of people are looking at now and thinking, and Bummer is so wildly out of form. And um, yeah, I hate saying this, but his second touch is just a tackle. When he's receiving the ball, it's bouncing off him. It's going all over the place. His body shape's poor. He's controlling the ball with the wrong foot. Um, it, it just takes him so long to get into games and get into the tempo that when he does, and basically you can look at his good touches and they are so infrequent that it's it's easy to remember his good moments in a game compared to the bad. And I think that's, that's a bias that people do watch football with. You sort of tend to remember the good stuff. But with Mbemo, it's there's not many good bits. I mean, he's making one or two good turns or and maybe three or four good touches in a game and then otherwise the ball is just going back to the right back and that's his only way to retain possession. Everything else is just bouncing off him. Shooting's wild. Um, he's had some he's had some big chances that are just either being skied or, or or just put wide. It's it's not been a good period for him. And Fosu is the complete opposite. Um, as a player on that right-hand side, He's right-footed, so he differs from Mbemo in um, his balance as well, so he'd give a little bit more stability there. Um, is obviously looking to control the ball on his left and then come in field all the time, whereas um, Fosu's on that right foot. is a little bit more OK to accept it on the outside and then maybe retain possession or move his body or or get the ball under control, but just protects the ball a lot better. It's not... He's not so wayward with it. Much more calmer player. And I, I think Brentford need this a little bit, especially against his formation. But... Jordan, I just want to bring you in a little bit on those. Um, um, what what do you think about those shapes? Just before we go into Fosu a little bit more, like is it surprising to you? I know you did say a little bit about that now. Yeah, I mean it is somewhat. I I think that I can have some sympathy for the fact that with the players missing, if they were back involved in the squad, you could you can see why you'd want to be operating in that four three three and looking to kind of stick to those principles. I think Frank seems quite tied to to the wi- to the wing play. Um, then inside forwards, wingers, kind of however they're deployed, um, that seems to be kind of that main impetus in the tackle all the time. And um, when I kind of look at the squad that we've got, what you've got available right now, I, I do wonder if many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You, you might benefit from narrowing things up a little bit and maybe giving Tony a little bit more support rather than, as you say, playing more direct to that kind of athlete that, that's able to, at times, t- take the ball down and kind of control things a little bit more when, in reality, you kind of want to be getting him in a little bit more of an advanced position. And generally, the idea is to get that from the wings, but if that's not coming off, then you've got to look for alternative ways. And I look at your midfield and I think there's some good ath- like athleticism in there and perhaps you could be being a little bit more a little bit more open-minded in terms of how you're using them. And I mentioned the diamond there. It's just an idea of, correct me if it's something you don't think would fit with the squad, but I, I do think that perhaps if you had a little more variation in how that midfield is setting up and, and breaking them lines in a little bit of a different way, you've got players that can still get into them wide positions at certain certain parts of the game. If the ball's on one side, you've got the you've got the physicality and the athleticism to, to spread out a little bit and, and cover those sides, but also have that variation in midfield positioning where you're able to bring bring your midfielders into play in, in different areas of the pitch and maybe look at progressing the ball that way rather than relying on those those wide players when they're not performing it kind of maybe gives you the flexibility to take the likes of Canos out of the team or in Buemo if they're not performing at the levels needed and maybe bring some others in there that, that do have the ability and you might even find that someone like Fossey has the has the ability to play in one of those kind of wide wider positions in the midfield diamond or possibly even has a has a role kind of in a more forward area alongside Tony. So I think you've got options there. Um, but at this stage of the season if things aren't working, I think you kind of have to adapt or die at this point. Um, mm. especially if you feel like the teams around you have your number because it can be a it can be a season ender if uh, if you if you're not kind of being react if you're not being reactive and and you're maybe just kind of going along and trying to trust that process but there's not really the evidence to suggest that you're able to get out of it by doing the same thing yeah I'm, I'm bang on there with you I, th- I think that's how I feel it's not just the last couple of games I think it's been evident um, for probably since the turn of the year re- quite clear um, there needs to be a bit more variety about these teams and I, I, you, you've definitely said it as well like um, if you put all your eggs into the the wide forward basket like what are you what are you looking for in these forwards you're, you're looking for them to get you up the field and then you also need them to be creating charges and scoring they're, on the whole they're not really doing any of those things I mean and Bomo is not even bringing the ball up field successfully that's how bad things might have got with him Canos is Canos is always going to be Brentford, one of Brentford's most progressive players. He is taking the ball upfield, but then at the same time, his um, his shot selection or, or his his play in general is quite erratic. So you're you're almost playing with two wide forwards that are both that that kind of chaos of player where where one of them's fine. I think if one of them was like that, um, it's great. Yeah, you you don't know what they're going to do. There's a little bit of more off the cuff um, kind of. It's not so much about the system that they're in possession, but it's it's. It's that that chaotic movement from them can disrupt a line. But when you've got two outside and you're you're relying on them in the build-up phases, and then you want them to to be putting chances on the plate for Tony and also get us upfield and maybe pivot from them, it's we're not getting any of those things. So it's surprising that there hasn't been any variations to this because 
the season is getting towards its end now and we're going to probably look back and think what could have been done or 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 should Foster have played a bit more just because he is a little bit different to those two players just a bit smarter and a bit tighter in touch and uh, the the way he can get his shot off and just a little bit more accuracy in his play I think his his all-round game is just a tiny he might not have the explosiveness that the other two players have but I, th- I think it at this point of the season and just seeing what we have um, especially coming up against teams that know now they're, they're fairly sure that the 3-5-2 the or sort of that 3-4-3 three, three wingback system does give you an advantage against Brentford that, that, that we need to be tighter on the ball and a bit cleverer otherwise um, we might be looking at a, a situation where it's um, what could have been but yeah the, the numbers back up Fossey's importance and how, how much better we are with him um, the eyes probably tell it as well um, just Maybe there's something we're not we don't know from behind the scenes why he's not playing as much, but I'd have been playing him a lot more for a while. But um, mm. as as we round up on Brentford and maybe take this out a bit to Watford and the rest of the league, um, I, I guess. Well, I'm. You mentioned Jordan that you think they could be the four four two, which is fair enough. I, I think there could be a chance. It could be that um, Hogan comes in and just plays off Djokovic up top, and Leko is maybe put out onto one of the wings or we get a bit more stability out there with another midfielder maybe playing off the right and um, we see that 4-4-2 but I, I'm going to go I think they're going to go with the 3-5-2 and um, Brentford are going to have a bit of a tricky time in that midfield just getting stabilised possession and um, it's going to be quite chaotic in there and mm. we'll see Dean probably try and get tight to Tony and then Roberts or whoever one of them will probably pick up Tony um as we look for him and this is probably actually I should mention this as well I think something that didn't happen in Huddersfield and I I hope to see a little bit more of this Birmingham is is the direct ball to Tony I don't think we played that enough I think um, we kept trying to build up in the same patterns and the chip ball which has been played quite a lot to Tony down the wings I think it might be because we were missing Dow's guard and um He's he sort of plays like the ball goes out to the right wing and we see them hit Tony direct. We didn't see that enough, and I think it might have been Roslev's lack of confidence, just being a bit younger and not wanting to. I'm, I'm not sure why, but I think we need to see that a little bit more. Just um, just before Dean can get settled or Roberts can get settled around Tony, um, just as he's pulling right onto one of them, just that little chip ball into him and then building off him. I, I think that might be quite beneficial in this game, but we'll see we'll see um but yeah we need to do something to just disrupt them and just make sure that they're not just comfortable in sitting there just knowing where we're going and it's all very predictable but um yeah do you do you have anything to add on uh Birmingham and Brentford Jordan no I think I, I mean I think you're probably right I think on the balance of things based on the fact that it's been successful you're probably going to see that back three kind of installed again so that's most likely what you're going to be preparing for I do wonder if if Boyer's kind of going back and looking at some recent Brentford performances, I do wonder if maybe he'll see a potential area of weakness to some of that direct play that he does have from that 4-4-2, whether at certain times of the game he'll maybe try and shift into a slightly different shape and, and push Jukovic forward and be a little bit more direct. If uh, Halilovic is taking out some wide positions at times, I think that early ball forwards is, is something that they might find some joy from. Um, I think you'd be tempted from a Brentford perspective to play quite a high line and try and avoid that. Because for me, that is an area you want to avoid as much as possible is that ball coming into the box and, and getting bogged down in that 
that kind of pattern of play, that phase where you can't quite clear it, much, much like what we saw uh, at Derby away when, when Derby managed to get back into the game and mm. it felt like so much of the game was being spent in your third just from that kind of direct forward play, especially when you've got them wide men that are cutting inside and just hitting that angled ball, it's very difficult to escape. So I think as long as you can avoid that um, and you can apply pressure in the right places, I do think there's, there's definitely uh, the ability for you guys to come away with the three points. It's just the case of actually going there and executing now. Mm. Yeah, let's let's hope we can. Um just um just a quick glance at some of the um just at some of the numbers. I think Birmingham have shots against they're fairly average. I mean they're they're pretty much on the average mark of the league. Um it's just when you look at shots on target against you see them jump up and they're way above average. So a lot of this I guess is it is down to Karanka. Like the pressing game wasn't there. I don't think. I don't think there was too much going on. I think it was maybe a bit too chaotic, just sort of running around and then retreating, and that they weren't able to to prevent teams from maybe coming through the middle or just also just. Te- I don't think they were set up well from set pieces either. I think that might be improved under Boya, but um, they look a little bit unlucky. Like the quality of chances they're giving away is obviously quite. That's where the the height is. Like it was easy to get through this team, and then it was easy to just create better chances. They, we might not see that with um, Bowie now. The intensity will just be there. It will just be ramped up a little bit, and there's not really going to be much. Um, uh, I, I don't think there's going to be much time on the ball for Brentford. I think Huddersfield did get that goal and allow. Um, just a little bit more of Brentford to sort of blow out of steam and run out of steam, but I, I can't see Bowyer relenting for any time in this match. And I think it's five subs as well. I can't see him not using them to his advantage too. So um, we just don't want to go a goal down to get that goal behind. I think it's got to be um, on it from the from the start of this match. Um, but yeah, Jordan, thanks for going through Birmingham a little bit and um, a few of Brentford's woes. Um, we're going to extend it out a bit now to Brentford's flying opponents. I think it was, was it six in a row before today? Yeah, um, that's right, it was, yeah. Six in a row, uh, almost on this unstoppable march to to promotion back to the Premier League. And then a uh, little old Borough turn up. Um, Neil Warnock's Borough, the plucky little underdogs that have come and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> they've come and they've um, stalled Watford's charge. I, I, th- I think I'm, uh, I jest with some of that. I think Borough are a really good team this year. Um, definitely deserving of like a playoff position, and I'd be surprised if they don't make it. Um, but good squad, go- good, lots of good stuff going on. I, I know the few injuries and um, issues have um, blighted them a little bit, and they've been quite unlucky in games. But the door has slightly been opened, I think, from Watford's perspective. Um, I think if they won today, I, me personally, I, I think the ghost has been given up for a while now. I think um, Brentford dropping points from commanding positions against Derby and then drawing to Forest and then another draw against Huddersfield. That we're not Watford aren't um, Watford aren't West Brom from last season, who were a poor team defensively and um, kind of relied on like individual brilliance they're a much better rounded team and um i'd be very surprised if the door was opened enough for brentford to get back into this but um you're not quite as convinced jordan i guess coming from at it from um the, the pessimistic opposing fan sort of view but what's um uh what's what's some of your takes after today i haven't seen the game so just maybe a little fill in and then um we'll talk about um what we've got in store for going forwards yeah, briefly in regards to the game today, I thought I thought Neil Warnock did incredibly well in in terms of stopping us. Um, our main route, main route of attack, our kind of main idea is to to press you down that right hand side and, and push the ball through Kiko Femenia and Ismail Assar, who are two of our biggest forward threats from right back and right wing. Um, Neil Warnock was very committed to stopping that today. 
uh, four four players surround them at all times and making it extremely difficult to to push down there. Um, I think we stuck with that for too long. Personally, I think we kind of because we got an early goal or relatively early goal, we were able to sit on that and we felt quite comfortable defensively. We were, we were pretty comfortable the whole game. There wasn't too much pressure from from Middlesbrough, but I think they were happy to to sit in their shape and and see if the chance came their way and take it. Then they'd be happy with the point. So I think by the time they equalised in the 80th minute. Um, we didn't really adapt enough and it was kind of too late by that point. I think we had to adapt earlier in the game when we weren't able to, to be more of a threat. Um, so we got we got nullified down that right-hand side. And we, yeah, we just didn't switch things up. We do have we do have threat in other areas of the pitch too. We just struggled to uh, to, to find that today and we looked a little bit off the pace. Uh, we did in the previous game as well against Sheffield Wednesday. We came away with that, with that win, but for me, the two performances at most warranted two draws. So that, I don't think we... I don't think we really deserved the win against Wednesday in some respects, um, and today we we didn't either because we just didn't we didn't take our chances enough. Um, we had a few opportunities we should have scored, and yeah, there, there were some there were some issues there. We, we're not perfect by any means. We're, we're very good right now still, um, but there is some there is some element of you know there's always going to be that room for to falter and, and room for opposition to to make chances, and I think coming into these final games I think today that that three points if we could have attained it would have been huge uh, both from our perspective men psychologically I think that's a big boost uh, and also for the teams around us such as yourselves I think if, if we had won today it would look like a, a huge mountain to climb but just that slight extra little boost that would give you mentally I think would be huge and it, it puts you in a much better position coming into these upcoming games uh, I think you have that belief now whereas if we'd won today I think that belief would be almost dead um, especially with the uh, with the game being played before yours, uh, I think it, it would feel a very daunting task to try and overcome. So, I don't think we're I don't think we're secure in, in our position in, in a lot of ways. We've got a lot of big games to play still. Uh, we're still playing Reading, yourselves, uh, Swansea, Norwich, and we've got Luton Derby as well. So it's it's by no means an easy run of fixtures for us. We've definitely got the hardest running. Um, so it can all change very quickly, providing that you you guys kind of go along and you are able to pick up those points in your games in hand. Then it, it could very well come down to the games that we play against each other. Yeah, there's, yeah, I, I hear you there. I think, um, well, just on the game quickly, it sounds like, um, um, from what I gather, it sounded like it was going quite steady into plan, and then um, Barrow kind of got a bit of a just out of nowhere really got back into the game and a goal and it just changes the dynamic and you think you're coasting to a 1-0 win and then all of a sudden you you concede and um, the mindset changes and mentality it is I think at this stage now a lot of these intangibles are what's going to play play a part um, like do, does um, Watford drawing and dropping that um, that equalising goal and dropping points does that change Frank's talk in any way that that promotion is still on because they, they can talk in the press about um we still believe we can get second because mathematically it is possible, and um, you have to give. Um, you have to make it look like um, this isn't. You, you're never giving up. It doesn't make sense for an elite performance, elite elite athletes to give up until it's impossible. So you have to save face and keep going. But to me, I think they have to be looking at managing the squad to play three extra games to go up because mm. that's you. You can't just be. You can't just be convinced you're going to get automatics and not prepare for another. Um, two games of football and three and a third game and then which potentially could go to extra time and um, penalties so there's a hell of a lot more football to play and I, I wonder if um, the thought of that prospect of going through that again is another is something that I'd use as meant to, like if I mean if Brentford go out and draw again to Bar, um, sorry Birmingham or lose to Birmingham then 
we know that this is this team isn't good enough but if they if there's anything they can find that just gives them that little lift it could be that this draw with Watford has opened the door again um it's two games in hand uh, it's 10 points at the moment I, I know which <laughs> I know which position I'd rather be in I'd rather have the I'd rather be on 79 points I believe it is um yeah 79 points with the with the games in hands and the gap and and be in Watford's position but again I, I guess you never know like we've seen we've seen you as as you were saying just the attacks just stall a little bit in the last couple of games where I don't know if it's feeling the pressure but um uh I, I just think analysis is improving in this league and a lot of people say it's like not as good as um as before and stuff but coaching is at the highest level it's ever been in the championship I think um the analysts are probably more involved and important than they've ever been I think they're feeding stuff through um teams know each other's weaknesses they're just seeing so much now and um a lot of the 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 sports science of it is like at the peak as well so it could be that that um these last few games are just wrangled back to the opposition because everyone's desperate for stuff I think there are a few teams that are obviously going to finish mid-table and they know they will but the the playoffs are still open so Borough themselves would be um, they, they, they'd have done their homework and I guess just going behind they haven't panicked in that match it sounds like they've they've kept their focus and um, got back into it so um, if Frank has anything to if Frank has anything to gain from this draw and if it can G up the lads um, just that tiny bit more then um, I'm all for it but um, <laughs> we've spoken a little bit about Swansea Um Swansea actually went and lost again today. They lost 1-0 to Preston, so that's the second 1-0 defeat on the bounce to Not teams that... Well. Yeah, late. I mean, it's, it's as if um, Karma has come back on Swansea for all those late wins and those late pens that they were getting that it's actually their turn to be on the other end of them. But I, I think, again, it's just it's pretty clear if you're just looking at some of the numbers and um, the bits from the game that... Uh, Preston and Birmingham, not so much Birmingham, I think they've had that lift from Boya, but Preston got rid of their manager recently. These are teams that have been struggling big time and they are controlling Swansea to next to nothing, controlling them and limit, giving them nothing in the game and just way out shooting them like value-wise and, um, and numbers-wise as well. So we're seeing that this isn't a team full of life or energy or ideas, it's it's kind of a team on the way down. I don't look at them and think this is someone that they're ready for the playoffs and they're feeling big and strong and and there's there's much positivity around the group i i think they're they're way on the way down and they could they could be pipped out of this by no means um they have a game in hand on um i think some of the teams coming up behind i think barnsley and reading but um similar games to bournemouth um four points gap on bournemouth bournemouth will be looking at them and thinking that's a weak link um uh, I, I'm not sure about their run in Bournemouth. I don't know how they'll look at that, but they'll believe as a group that they have the quality to beat anybody in this team and are good to maybe a little bit unjust. But they've been they've beaten Blackburn today. Um, what, what's your feelings about the the final sort of reckoning, Jordan? Are you firstly? I guess I'll, I'll ask you about your your automatic opinions. Like, do you, how much of a how much can you see really this your your team um, dropping points uh, i i don't see much of it i don't see much of a chance myself basically i'm not convinced i think this is sewn up but you seem to think there's a little bit more of a glimmer there yeah i mean i i think it's difficult to to kind of quantify in a lot of ways there's so many factors at play i think at this point in the season we're looking 
not just a performance, but you're kind of trying to somehow analyze the intangible psychological effect that mm. the situations the players are putting are having, and you're trying to take this all into account when looking at your team's chances. And obviously, each fan of the club has a better understanding of each individual team's strengths and weaknesses in that regard. But in terms of us, I think over the years we've definitely seen uh, somewhat of a fragility to the, the mental state of our team, which has improved, I'd say, since relegation. Actually, with a change in personnel I think we've had some good characters come in and we've seen a lot of improvement there um, but I think I do think it's uh, it's somewhat troubling um, having the draw I think does it does perhaps change the complexion of things and it's almost a bigger effect to me in terms of the team's mental state or potential effect to the team's mental state than the actual physical dropping of the points um, I hope that we bounce back from it in a manner where we have to know we know that we have to up our levels and we kind of kick into another gear rather than kind of self-destructing and, and maybe having that sense of fear going into games, which is really when we look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to play positive and we have to be aggressive for us to be good. We're not a team that kind of controls through confidence in in holding them them small margin leads. Really, we we gain our confidence from being attacking, and that's where we kind of play well. Um, so I don't really like going into games where we're going to have to be playing in that manner. Um, which does happen when you're playing against teams that are kind of quite defensive and organised like Middlesbrough, but smart on the counter-attack, where there is an opportunity where you're going to have to be in the situation Sorry, where you're holding a 1-0 lead, and that's where we were today, and we weren't able to see it through. So I hope we come out the other side in a positive way, but in terms of the running, I think it is just between us two now. Um, and I do think that I do think there'll be that boost for Brentford, and they'll put you in that position where you can capitalise. I think the confidence that you'll gain from today is relatively fragile um, in the sense that if things aren't going the way against Birmingham, if you don't pick up the win, I think it goes back to where we were. Um, but having said that, if you come away with a win against Birmingham, I think it very much does feel like things could be back on. And I don't think it's just the effect that has on, on Brentford's team. It's the effect that has on Watford seeing that too. Um, so that gap the gap could close a lot quicker than expected. And I understand, obviously, you're intimately familiar with the, the, the difficulties that Brentford are having. Um, but there is still the potential there for you to, to win enough games in the in remaining fixtures and us to not win enough. I don't think we'll drop mm. too many points, but there'll be a couple of draws in there, I'm sure of it. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to, it's really hard to like, just step away and look at this um, as objectively as possible without your own, like knowing your team's own frailties and then, you, you kind of think where are the goals going to come from and how it's just like are we do we have enough in the ranks to to score enough of the goals and maybe from a Watford perspective I think um, Borough might have been a bit of a I think the level of performance today might have been a bit of a step up between what's been going on before I think the game I think the game against Rotherham was Rotherham were off the back of a bit of a break themselves, that COVID lockdown break, and it probably suited you quite nicely. Just the intensity they they couldn't match it, and it was you, you kind of blew them away. And then we see another big scoreline against Birmingham, and Sheffield Wednesday was slightly probably a little bit tougher. I'm not sure how much really, but then Borough today was a game that maybe they did look to to look at some of your weaknesses a little bit more, and then just wait and just bide their time, and then they got back into the game. And and next it's it's. Bournemouth I believe as well isn't it there's just a little ramping up of the quality of opposition just incrementally isn't there and I think it's going to be it's Brentford just soon after I believe isn't it I think it's, yeah next sorry is actually, it's um, Reading it's Reading, Reading isn't yeah. it sorry it's yeah, Reading no. not Bournemouth um, you've already played Bournemouth twice yeah it's Reading and Reading are a tricky team but there's another there's there's kind of some individuals there that might be able to do some um, do some damage to that Bournemouth te- uh, Watford team what's 
what are you feeling about the running? Are you are you worried at all? Yeah, I mean, I think we can. There's a possibility, of course, you can lose any game, and you can look at Reading, and you can see there's some individuals that could yeah. cost you three points. I think it's more than likely. Um, I think it's more than likely going to be a case of can we secure enough three points and avoid getting picking up just the ones. Um, a game like Reading, I would again, I'm not going to underestimate them and and say that we we couldn't lose them because of course we could. But for me, I'm I'm concerned about coming away from that game um, without the three points. That's my biggest concern. I feel like a draw is quite possible, uh, especially going back and watching Reading. I think there's some similarities to to Middlesbrough. I actually do think Middlesbrough are a better team. Um, mm. I fear Middlesbrough more. But having said that, you know we're not we're, we're coming off a little bit. We're coming into the game a little bit cold. I think our game against Wednesday and Borough, the performance levels weren't there. So if we approach in that, if we approach the game in that manner, then I do have some concerns. Um, and you know the table can look infinitely different if we if we come away from that one with a draw too. Um, and then heading into, I mean, we've got so many unknowns. I think the difference with our fixtures and, and your fixtures, there's a lot of unknowns in there for us. Mm. Really hard to kind of. Really hard to kind of look at and, and see how they're going to come away. How we're going to come away from it. I mean, obviously we're playing Norwich away from home. You know that could go either way, really. Um, it's an extremely tough game. We're playing yourselves. We're playing Swansea. Swansea, the last game of the season, and we've also got the Luton derby in there too. Um, you know, derbies. You, you don't feel confident in any derby. It feels like at times. So going into that one, it's just it's a lot of question marks. Um, mm. And whilst I am confident in the squad. It, the league is so close that things can happen that you can't account for and I'm not prepared at this point to say that I'm entirely confident we go up if we won today I, I think that would have been the closest I would have felt to being secure in my conviction that we'll be getting promoted but that dropping a point today for me it feels like things are still open I said um, during the, the podcast I do myself the Watford Buzz podcast we were discussing the the final running over the international break and I, I pointed out this this two game window over Easter weekend if we if we got six points out of that, I'd have felt very very confident. If we didn't, then it's still not in the bag, and it feels like it could open itself up again. Yeah, as as we're starting to wrap up, I guess. Um, uh, what's um, to me looking at Watford, I think, and some of the reasons why I think this is done is because um, I, I think defensively you've been really good all year. I don't think there's ever really been a dip there. I'm not sure that was a doubt. Attack was wasn't great. I think in that first half, but. Cisco came in and um, the team's basically the team flows a lot better. The, the, the final third is a lot more dangerous and you, you're creating much better chances. And it's it's just a massive improvement. But I, I think Will Hughes was a big part of that, wasn't he? And then he's been he's been sat just patrolling in front of the mid um, uh, the sort of back four and um, just been you can't, you can't really get near him in the build up phase. He's just so quick on the ball and then picking it up again and moving it on. And then, what um, and where this might be where the financial disparity is because I think a lot does come down to to wages, doesn't it? But you've brought in Goslin came in in January, I believe, didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And Sanchez as well. Did he come in as That's well? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And I think this when you look at it, I mean, even Cleverly's been out for a while, but he's back now, fit. Um, Brentford are kind of scratching around thinking when's Josh De Silva back fit and we can't really do anything about it and we, we had Norgar come back fit but just just a couple of lads that um, well especially Goslin's um, experience and Cleverly as well like both vastly experienced Premier League players and you're thinking where um, if we're thinking of it as like weak links and just making mistakes and uh, and just maybe just shoring up the defence, like just saying at set pieces, they all know what they're going to do, that they're, they're good off the ball. 
they can all work hard and then they, they've all got probably the odd goal in them as well. Not so much Cleverly. I think Cleverly's a bit more sporadic with his goals, but Gosling can hit them from anywhere. It's You're, you're kind of looking at where are the weaknesses in this, but um, you'll be more aware, acutely aware than I am. But I, I, I just see a team that has just enough to, to chug away and be pretty difficult to catch. Um, but you'll probably scrutinise it in a different way. Yeah, I think we have got the ability. I don't, I don't doubt the, the the talent we have in the team at all. But it's, it's it's a case of getting that consistent performance out. I think Tom Cleverley returning will be a big boost. Um, we're kind of we're kind of in an interesting situation right now where Tom Cleverley's been out injured, and we've we brought Philip Zink and they got into that central midfield position. He create he's a different sort of creative player. Mm. He's someone that can that can break the lines with his, with his ball playing, but he's also someone that can run at players, and he's just very. He's a very technically gifted player and he's very dangerous for us. He's predominantly a winger, but he's able to occupy that central central position. He's done very well there. Um, he's kind of partnered by Nathaniel Chalibur in that more advanced role, who's looked a lot more free, he's looked a lot freer recently. He's looked much more comfortable on the ball and he's playing in then forward, forward areas at a much better level. Um, but with Tom Cleverley returning, it gives you a decision to make because Tom Cleverley is a attacking player in a defensive sense in in the sense that he's important in the games where the opposition looks to build up in midfield so when we're playing mm. the likes of Brentford and Norwich his his role is is very interesting in the sense that he's the most advanced player but he's there to stop that build up from that that deeper point in midfield mm. and make it very difficult make the opposition play early so I think if he's back for them games I'd very much like to see him in the in the midfield against Norwich against yourselves and, and try and force you into playing a little bit wider a little bit quicker um, and then in the other games, if, if Zinkenegel's playing in there too, then you feel good about our, our ability to break teams down. So as long as we're having the, the, the options available and we're actually using them um, as required, then I feel good about our chances. I, I do worry that we might fall into a situation of playing based on merit or, or based on you know continuity of, of lineup rather than adjusting mm-hmm. on a game-by-game basis because Tom Cleverley has been the captain in uh, Troy Dini's absence and I'm sure there's a temptation to put him straight back in the team. But for me, you've got to use him as a weapon when necessary. And there will be occasions for that. Um, but there is not, there is a possibility that we might have him in there against the likes of Reading, for example, or Luton and Millwall games that perhaps he's not as effective. Um, he's always going to be an excellent presser. He's always going to cover every blade of grass that he can. But he doesn't offer you the same quality in terms of breaking an opposition down that's going to be a little bit more stubborn and, and, and looking to kind of contain a little bit more. Whereas Tom Cleverley is a creative player in his disruption in, in the mm. bigger games. Yeah, so it's brilliant points. I, th- I think those, the fact that you do have like the the heavyweights basically in this division, the teams we know Norwich are imperious when they're on the ball and when they're on their day, like playing. Um, it's it's really difficult to stop for any team, and it's it's. I think next year we'll see it'll be difficult for Premier League teams to stop how much better they are in it. But just that movement from back, like the back line, just to the front line, it it's hard to stop. And if you don't have someone that can disrupt from the front, if it's if it's uncoordinated or if there's not um, like precision or, or or just someone with that elite pressure ability, then they're going to be playing through you and it's really hard to get the ball off them. Um, I've seen it with Norwich a lot this year and the fact that you do have Cleverly coming back just to add to the energy levels of the midfield, it, this is where I think um, it is probably it is probably done and it's going to take quite a lot of maybe bad luck for um, for Watford to fall away from here. But like it's happened to... It's happened to teams before, so we um, we'll never know. But um, Jordan, that's great. Yeah, thank you very much for that. I'll start wrapping up now. That was um, a great insight into into Watford a little bit, and maybe a bit of the wider league as well. And then thanks for talking through Birmingham and Brentford. Um, it's going to be tomorrow night's game, so we're recording this on the Monday. Um, 
Tuesday night, uh, late game for Brentford, the last game of this weekend or this round. Um, Brentford know what they have to do. There's it's it's win at all costs here. It can't be another time where Watford have opened the door a little bit. There's been some points dropped, and then um, we don't capitalise. If I think if there's any hopes of automatics, they're gonna they're gonna fade away if there isn't a big win tomorrow and um, the three points are picked up. But Brentford have the ability. They have. Um, they have the hunger just is the energy there and is um is it right on the day and just just can they deploy the the team well enough to um to pull to pull this um this Birmingham team out of position enough and um and get the goals to win let's hope so Tony's been a bit quiet for the last couple of games it could be time for him to to find the net again and we hope so uh but thanks again for Jordan to joining uh for joining me that's um yeah it's been great I'll um uh I'll be sure to yeah make sure you all check out Jordan's podcast as well. He does a really good podcast with um, uh, Matt and um, is it Tom as well, Jordan? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, it's another guy called Tom. Um, yeah, really good vibes on their podcast. Really good insight into into Watford and uh, worth listening to. We'll definitely make sure that um, the link's plugged in the show notes. But um, yeah, thanks again to Jordan for joining us and um, listen, review wherever you uh, get your podcasts and listen to stuff and. Um, yeah, best of luck to the bees and uh, we'll catch you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.